We're ready. Let's do this. Woo. Holy shit. We made it. I'm Drew here with Ashley and Derek. And we just got back from June 15th, 1984. The past. That's why I'm so out of breath. How about y'all? Y'all doing okay? Oh, my stomach hurts. I don't feel so good, man. <sighs> Maybe that's because somebody broke one of the cardinal rules of time travel, but that's okay. We'll worry about that later. Ashley, first, why don't you explain what we do here on New Release 1984? Sure. So each week we travel back in time to the best year ever, some would say, to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. Maybe someone who was born in that year might say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's jump in. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. They're clever. They're mischievous. They'll get into the kitchen. The basement. The garage. They'll get into anything. And once they get in... You're in for it. Gremlins. They'll be expecting you at a special sneak preview Saturday, May 19th. Directed by Joe Dante. Rated PG. Do you think they can get into your shoes? They can get in anywhere. Can't wow. you, didn't you listen to the advertisement? <laughs> be like finding a cute little scorpion in your shoe. What did we watch? <laughs> so Ooh. as you can tell by all the mentions, we watched Gremlins. Oh yeah. Tagline? Don't get them wet. Keep them out of bright light and never feed them after midnight. What could go wrong? Nothing at all. <laughs> He's cute. He's clever. He's mischievous. He's intelligent. He's dangerous. Go Gizmo. That's my Woo! <laughs> as you know we watched this movie by the most logical means possible firing up our time traveling scooters programming in june 15th 1984 and zipping through time space right out to the bird theater but ashley if someone doesn't have such cool scooter technology how might they watch gremlins so they might watch it for free on HBO Max, whatever that is. Mm. No comment. <laughs> At all? Nothing? Nothing? Nope. Yeah. Okay. No Max. No HBO Max thoughts. <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> there are three rules to keep in mind with HBO Max. One, <laughs> if you feed it after midnight, oh, no. it turns into Warner Brothers. Two, if you get water on it, it will probably ruin your streaming device. And three, if you expose it to light, then it will drown out the image quality. Simple or enough. You, or your neighbors can see that you're watching softcore porn. Yeah. No, that's Cinemax. Also owned by HBO, oh. but not to be confused with HBO Max. You know, they just both have Max in the name. Very simple stuff. Why don't you sum this movie up in 30 seconds, Ashley? Or less. <clears throat> okay. Ready? All right. So Billy gets an adorable mogwai named Gizmo for Christmas. And he's told to follow three rules. He doesn't follow any of them. He's a terrible <laughs> owner. He tries. He tries. Um, then gremlins morph out of uh, little Gizmo's cute body. They destroy the <laughs> town. And then Gizmo saves the day. Hey. Wow. What a, um, <laughs> we really should cut this down to 15 seconds because you've got uh, six seconds left. Yeah, it's 
pretty easy to sum up. Like the rules are the thing you really need to pay attention to. Once you know those three rules and you know that they're going to be broken in a very important order, then it's all, <laughs> all hell is going to break loose. And it does. So I would say that um, we should go ahead and jump into when we first encountered this movie. And, um, you know, we talked a lot the, the last few weeks about how nostalgic we were going to be for this movie. And Ashley, do you remember when you first saw this and, and how many times you've seen it? I've seen it a lot. I don't remember the exact first time, but I know that you loved it as a kid because mm-hmm. since we're brother and sister. Um, and I think I just really looked up to you, so I wanted to watch it with you, <laughs> which is so such nice a role of me, model. Right? Yeah, such a role model. So um, I just remember really liking it because you really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, I probably watched it too young. I mean, I watched it when I must have been five or six if this came out in 1984, the year I was born, then I'd say (laughs) I probably watched it like five years later. Mm -hmm. The thing I remember is my inability to fall asleep after, after watching it. Our, our um, neighbor and babysitter, Amy was babysitting. So maybe she let me watch it or it was on TV or something. And so uh, after I watched it, I couldn't, I couldn't get to sleep. And, um, she cut the lights, the lights were off in my room. And I was like, well, if the lights are off, I'm, they're going to, they're going to come out. They're going to get me. And like they say at the end of the movie, (laughs) which is very (laughs) disturbing, but she pointed out, this is babysitting 101, brilliant babysitting technique. She held up this uh, penguin doll that I had and the penguin was white and black as, as most dolls are. It was a stuffed animal, uh, much cooler. So she pointed to the like solid black fur on the stuffed animal and said that as long as it's not this dark, then they can't come out. <laughs> and I bought that. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, good job. Good job on her part. Way to go, Amy. <laughs> yeah. But you probably saw it years later after that. I, I think I, uh, once I got over that initial fear and learned the penguin, the penguin trick for any kids out there. Then <laughs> I works for vampires as well. Then I transitioned from being scared by the movie to just kind of having this like immediate, like immediately associating it with childhood and it being like the first movie memory that, that I have. It kind of, it both traumatized me in the sense that it like left an emotional mark, but I think that's kind of carried over all the way till now in terms of why I like being scared even as an adult. It's a very powerful emotion uh, mm-hmm. if a movie can can bring it out of you. Were you were you scared watching it as a 30 something year old? No. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that it wasn't scary watching it tonight obviously. Like I wasn't scared, but there were effects and there were moments where he's kind of like being stalked by by stripe and Mm -hmm. there's tense moments that that definitely hold up as like thrillery type scenes and the gremlins i think what scared me as a kid wasn't like uh worrying it was just how creepy they looked i mean terrifying yeah it's it's like we said earlier with the tagline 
the cuteness factor of gizmo is off the charts a thousand and then the creepiness contrasted with the creepiness Mm -hmm. of a spike is is just um uh, skin crawling so and skin boiling no and i forgot that they started off as like adorable little gremlins and then they like morphed into these creatures i completely forgot that part of it how how about that efficient form of reproduction man a few a few cups of water and they just start popping out five seconds later Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and then there's immediately six (laughs) gizmos basically but they don't they don't last very long so before i have some interesting thoughts on the different the different gremlin characters the different human characters um but before we get into that let's let's pick out one thing we loved or hated from the movie so ashley do you want to go first i loved so many things <laughs> so uh let's see i love the bar scene where mm. they're all just acting a fool and the gremlins aren't really they're not really harming anyone they're just except for each other they're just getting drunk and smoking cigarettes at a bar and break dancing and yeah it's just, <laughs> jazz dancing or jazzercising and jazzercising that whole scene is just like so incredible to watch guzzling beer straight from the tap why do you mm-hmm. think the uh phoebe cates's character is serving them because she doesn't want to get killed so she's trying yeah. to appease them <laughs> it's it's pretty ridiculous but it kind of it has a certain logic to it she's way outnumbered and they don't seem to be trying to kill her if she's doing their their bidding so mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't go out of its way to explain that but it kind of it kind of does make sense yeah just get them drunk and they won't hurt you yeah that was that's a really fun scene there's this whole uh balance the movie is trying to strike between being you know uh, not necessarily a horror movie i mean even if even if you're a kid but like having these really comical moments and sequences that are are just like fun and and gleeful which i think totally work but then something something that i i added to our our list one of the only negative things in the movie i think is where that tone just falls flat and it's and it's everything with the dad and his inventions mm-hmm. i mean maybe some of the the kitchen gags almost work but when he's at the i don't i, I don't know i think derek might have um had a positive reaction to when he goes to the the science or the invention convention Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like time traveling machines shout out in the in the background and robots and the, the the joke is just that he is making um bathroom buddies a way to hold a toothbrush and toothpaste in a little portfolio and they're making robot full-on <laughs> full-on robots <laughs> yeah. um so he's a little out of his depth there well and he's lovable he just keeps trying to make different inventions throughout the whole movie but at one point it's got to go his inventions are bad his inventions don't work for one so the Mm -hmm. coffee maker uh oozes out sludge orange juice maker it what does that do just spews orange juice everywhere yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's the egg breaker just breaks eggs and all the shells (laughs) (laughs) but but imagine imagine that those things actually worked okay we all know what a juicer is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They don't, they're, they're, I know that's, I'm not trying to deconstruct a bad joke. It's just, anyway, that, that's the one thing that 
I wanted to get that out of the way because that's kind of the only thing that didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I would say if we're going to, I think we need a single, we need to play one of the first moments where you fall in love with Gizmo. Do you have that clip, Derek? It's it if you haven't seen the movie, I can imagine that those little chip chip tunes and the squeal, the initial squeal of the Mogwai don't necessarily mean that much to you, but it's just this moment where Billy is sitting on one side of the keyboard and Gizmo is on the other side and, and Billy plays a key and then Gizmo plays a key and then it's established really so early cute. on. Yeah, that they just love to sing. Yeah. Well, why, do you, why do you think they love to sing so much? I don't know. I mean, they're also establishing like their friendship in that scene, I feel like. Because from then on, they're like very tight. And they're just so, he's just so cute. I'm, I'm guessing that they use singing as a way to lure like humans or other animals into their good graces. And then trick they them. trick them into either turning them or doing, you know, it seems like they'd be able to accomplish most of the things on their own. Do you um, think that the other Mogwai were evil then to start? So I did some research on Mogwai as a species. And mm -hmm. also, though, before, before I get into that, they were able to string up the dog with the Christmas lights. Yeah. But they couldn't get their own chicken. Right. Yeah. So, whatever. Plot hole. <laughs> um, so Mogwai, there's going to be a new HBO Max series Woo. that is an animated Gremlin series about oh. the backstory of the Mogwai, as far as I understand. And the, the thing that I read was that only one out of a thousand Mogwai stay in their, their nice gizmo form. Okay. Um, so I, I think it's because gizmo had a, a good heart and didn't want to turn. Like he mm -hmm. refused the chicken, even though Billy offered it to him. So yeah. he didn't want to turn. But most gremlins uh, naturally want to turn. And I, did, you see, um, did you see the translation? I put of Mogwai in the in the document. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want. I was looking it up during the movie because I was curious if that was even um, even a real word. And it is a Cantonese word that means monster, evil spirit, devil, or demon. So <laughs> has a pretty uh, <laughs> bad connotation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we. There's so many like fun sequences of gremlin mayhem. There's Mrs. Dingle, Deagle's, is it Dingle or Deagle? Deagle. Mr. Deagle's, Mrs. Deagle's death. <laughs> Sorry. The nice Mrs. alliteration death. there. Where they um, supercharge her chairlift that takes her up and down the staircase. Um, somehow they have time to hotwire it or like soup it up. And she goes to escape the gremlins by taking her chairlift upstairs and it flies up the stairs and they show it like three different times from the same angle. And then <laughs> it, it, it releases her and it hits the end of the track and she flies out the window. Um, and why did Jason she even style. have a chairlift? Yeah, she could walk. She could around. walk fine. Yeah, but this just lazy. Did, the steps were curved and there were a lot of them. It took them like jerk. 30 seconds to to show the scene of her flying yeah. off of them. So they must have gone on for about 80 stories. 
I would say lastly, before uh, I know we were going to do one thing, but there's just there's just too many good moments. Oh, then I want to do a one I didn't like if you do a good one. Okay, cool. So uh, why don't you do that first? Um, Billy in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the main <laughs> put, character. Uh, Billy. Is, yeah. So the main character, Billy, um, who gets Gizmo as a present, is a terrible owner. He doesn't really do anything throughout the movie. I keep, pretty, I can't, I, I know I don't all remember. those people in the theater we were watching it with said that, but yeah. I, I don't agree that he's a bad owner. You don't agree that he's a bad owner? Right. It, well, tell me, explain it. I mean, I'm not. Well, I guess Corey, to... okay. So I guess his friend Corey Feldman spills water on him. So that's yeah. not his fault. And then he doesn't mean to feed him after midnight, but he does he's take a them. a really good dog owner. He's, very he's a great dog owner. Uh, but then he does take Giz- Gizmo, one of, gizmo's metamorphosis gremlins mm-hmm. um to a science teacher to like get prodded and like tested and then he's like oh let me spill water on him and show you like what he does and he knows he's yeah. not supposed to do that so that's why he's a bad owner at that point he's acting irresponsible and clueless um yeah. as as the hence a bad pet owner I, well okay so i take issue with the bad pet owner part because it's it's just really clearly set up how much he loves his dog and then the whole movie kind of hinges on his relationship with gizmo like he's not neglectful he's not abusive i mean right. i guess he puts water on the gremlin but he doesn't know he just thinks that that pops out other cute gremlins he does yeah. know that he's breaking the rule at the, yeah. on the second time i don't know fine well but he's, he's a bad character <laughs> he is a lame character. He's, so he's boring. useless. He's just kind of a doofus at best. Mm-hmm. Terrible love interest for Phoebe he's Cates. So clueless at all times. Yeah, not a great actor. This was his last acting role. <laughs> Fine. So, never worked again. His first and 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 last performance. Uh, one of the things that he that he's a part of <laughs> a witness to is my other favorite moment, which is where Kate explains what happened to her oh, dad no. on Christmas, <laughs> why she is not a huge fan of Christmas and <laughs> Billy's so is tone deaf and clueless as, as ever as she goes into this uh, really dark story about how her dad was trying to play Santa and come down the chimney and Christmas morning comes and there's no sign of dad. And then um, a couple of days later, uh, they hear like he his his decomposing body falls down the chimney. They turn on the fire. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So and then his body falls down. They're like, oh, yeah. we thought it was a pigeon or something stuck up there. And it's a, their dad and they roast him. Yeah. PG-13. I mean, it's just a story, but... It really takes a that that gives you a glimpse. We'll we'll go into some of the darker things that were cut out of the script, mm-hmm. but that they had to fight really hard to keep in the script. And she alludes to it earlier, like in her, on her two terrible dates with Billy. The yeah. first one, she talks about how um, some people are opening gifts on Christmas, and others are opening their wrists. And yeah. <laughs> and then we find out, you know find out why i feel like if they they cut that out of the script it wouldn't have her character would have lost all of its its interesting mm-hmm. you know backstory so good good for them keeping it in and fighting spielberg for it so anyway let's move on to choose your character pew, pew, pew. 
So, Ashley, I hope you have your quarters ready because this is where <laughs> we go into an arcade, we see a brand new Gremlins machine, and we are scrolling through playable characters and deciding who we are going to select to play the game with. We've got some really mostly lame human characters, I would say. <laughs> and then we've got some very intriguing non-human playable characters. Uh, Mogwai that have not been turned to gremlins. We've got post-pupil stage gremlins. We've got <laughs> Barney the dog for whatever that's worth. Um, and then we have, you know, characters like Billy, whose special power is uh, having eyebrows. Being worthless. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. I mean, I, we're so harsh on Billy, but I guess he's he asked for it with his baby, d- baby doe eyes and his. Uh, <laughs> there was one. There was one thing I read in some of the background that the director had to keep asking him to close his mouth. he thought he thought that he was uh, billy thought that he was acting his his ass off but the director was like okay that was good he was patronizing him a little bit he's like that was that was a good take but your mouth has been open the entire time oh that's embarrassing (laughs) so this was um zach galligan's last acting role i assume he went on to pursue his other artistic passions and realized that maybe in front of the camera work wasn't for him but hey, you can't always be the hero. So, Ashley, obviously, you want to be um, the Billy character. Uh, hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. <laughs> so I'm going to choose. Well, in relation to Billy, Billy's mom, mm. Lynn Peltzer. Yeah. So she's a pretty kick-ass fighter. Um, she realizes that Billy calls her and says oh no, they're hatching. Like you better get out of the house. And then she goes upstairs because she doesn't listen to Billy. Mm-hmm. And she finds that they've all hatched and they're now going to be like vicious creatures. So she finds them in the kitchen and uses her husband's inventions to pretty much kill a couple of them pretty well. Like blend them to death, yep. stab one in the back, microwave one. Like That's she the best. It explodes in the out. microwave. And it's like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner's ready. Dinner's yeah. done. No, she's incredible. She's great. Well, she she single-handedly takes out like four of the mm-hmm. five gremlins herself and then um, or th- either three or four because there's five counting Spike, right? Mm-hmm. In, the initial, in the initial batch. Yep. Um, I would say not to nitpick, not to nitpick that, but the only invention that is actually useful was that cake blender thing that might not have even been his juicer or anything because... I was thinking watching that scene, it would have been cool if the only use for his inventions was, was, to, kill was to kill gremlins and they <laughs> finally did have some kind of practical application. But I think mm-hmm. she mostly used uh, the normal household appliances. She was wielding a knife. Two knives um, at one point or two knives. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That whole sequence was, that's one of the things that, that I'm, I meant to mention. So I'm glad we, I'm glad you mentioned it here. And mm-hmm. if we're looking at this like a fighting game, then that would be the character to choose for sure. Mm-hmm. Billy yeah. would die first. I'm still debating mine. Derek, do you got one? The gremlin listening to jazz, smoking Ooh. a cigarette, Ooh. and drinking some sort of whiskey or beer at the end Where of the bar. Whiskey? Something smooth. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So there's another gremlin that's dressed in sort of drag that comes up to him and he hits him over the head with maybe a frying pan. What does he hit I him? I want to say it's like a not the mama dinosaurs. <laughs> he hits him with a, with a no, not dinosaur. the mama in the frying pan. Remember that show? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my point there was that he does have a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good choice, Derek. You also sent out a poll to all of our Instagram followers on whether this is relevant to my characters. Who won between Gizmo and Spike? So Spike. Stripe. Stripe. Dang it. <laughs> um, <laughs> only 13% chose him as a favorite. Oh, so some people did, though. So some people did. Yeah. Um, and then 87% obviously on the other end chose Gizmo because, yeah. as and I quote, um, some of our followers said Gizmo has BDE. Do you know what that is? Big dick energy? Yeah. <laughs> That's and a then, little creepy. Okay. Yeah, kind of creepy. <laughs> and then a lot of them said something along the lines of like his cute little body and voice or he's so adorable. He's like really you, fluffy. The, your followers are, our followers uh, have a dirty mind. <laughs> his cute little <laughs> body? <laughs> he's just so tiny. Yeah. He is <laughs> tiny. <laughs> what a bod on that I feel Giz. some like mini furry action going on here right if you combine the two it kind of comes off creepy but the second one wasn't supposed to be creepy we did love it, you though don't worry <laughs> did anybody explain their their rationale behind uh stripe no okay <laughs> maybe next time um let's move on to our breaking news segment this just in So this is the segment where we review headlines from this week in 1984. I know everyone's dying to know how the NBA Finals turned out. So Larry Bird and his Boston Celtics beat the Lakers in an epic seven-game series. Did, did y'all guess the Celtics? I can't remember. I did, for sure. I think you did. So good it was job. A bl- it was a blind guess. I actually didn't know. So. I hope you, I hope you put a, some, some money on it. <laughs> There's also um, an interesting NBA draft about to happen. Do you know who was um, in the NBA draft in 1984? Name one basketball player you know. Michael Jordan. Yep. That's, that's <laughs> who I was going to say as well. Yeah. Dennis thanks, Rodman? Thanks for setting us up. Yeah. Dennis Rodman? Awesome. No, he was no. drafted later. So Michael okay. Jordan was drafted number three by the Bulls in 1984. Pretty interesting, huh? So June 15th, the weekend of June 15th in 1984, um, let's go through the box office charts. So as we know, Ghostbusters premiered last week and was a slight number one over Gremlins. But this week, Ghostbusters is a slight number one over Gremlins. (laughs) Um, The cool thing is they both actually went up in, in the total, the box office totals. So Ghostbusters made 15 million and Gremlins made 13 million. Um, that kind of like one, the fact that they're both still neck and neck is really cool. And there's just no modern day equivalent of two movies coming out and making more money the second weekend <laughs> than the first. Like, like if a blockbuster comes out now, it's expected to drop like 50% week to week. And so these movies were such big word of mouth hits that they were both making um, more money 
as they went on. So that's that's pretty neat. Indiana Jones, number three. Guess what? Guess where Breaking is? So top ten. It is seven. Seven. Wow. Is Breaking it? is at number nine, it, but it okay. went up from number Damn. ten, so it's hanging in there. Wow. Four sixteen right. candles at uh, number twelve. So yeah. Thanks. Streets of Fire. <laughs> dropping <laughs> sinking like a stone but was it ever on there <laughs> yeah it was um it's only been out for three weeks and it's already at number 13 so yikes okay yep let's go into some reviews or actually let's talk about the budget real quick so gremlins cost only 11 million to make and it went on to make 212 million dollars so hugely profitable movie Big success, um, made slightly less than Ghostbusters, but it cost like a third of the cost of Ghostbusters. So <laughs> just just awesome to see movies like this that turn into, they did not expect this to be a hit, but maybe you'll have some trivia on that. Well, and the, the visual effects in Ghostbusters, sure, or like the CGI was great, but come on, the sets and practical effects in this movie were just, Oh man, it was beautiful. Yeah, it's it's this movie has always meant a lot more to me than than Ghostbusters, and I mean, it wasn't surprising that Ghostbusters, with its star power and with its kind of like um, more of an actiony feel, was a hit. This was just this movie just came out of nowhere, so it's cool that that they were competitors. So. How were the how were the reviews for this movie at the time, Ashley? Pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. People seem to like it. So I have a review from Roger Ebert, 84. Mm. So he says, the first half of the movie is the best. That's when we meet the little gremlins, which are invariably cute. It looks like a cross between a Pekingese, Yoda from the Empire Strikes Back, and the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi. And kittens. <laughs> <laughs> they have impossibly big eyes. They're cuddly and friendly. And they would make ideal pets, except for the three rules. Ooh. Yeah, so. exactly, which is a pretty big exception. But Yeah, um, <laughs> huge exception. <laughs> yeah, it, I think that's just one of the things that part of the magic of the movie was how well the the gremlin creatures turned out. Like, they spent a lot of time trying to figure out what it should look like, what gizmo should look like. Um, and at some point, Spielberg uh, was like, give it the colors of my my uh dog mm-hmm. <laughs> my Saint Bernard or something and and that's what put that's what finally got them to approve it but but yeah it's gizmo really resonated with audiences mm-hmm. do you was there any bad reviews from the time i found a few but they they were they were mainly around it not being family friendly like they thought it would be mm. which makes sense i mean it's giving a pg rate pg rating before pg13 came out and there's definitely murder in it and um, some violent deaths. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. When they, when it gets to that kitchen scene that we discussed mm-hmm. and they show, they go out of their way not to show any gore or any real um, death in the scene with the science teacher, the first person to right. die. He gets like, they cut before they even show anything, anything happening to him. And then when they see, when we see him dead, He's just like laying on the floor with a syringe in his butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> since the Kremlin got revenge on him for 
for poking and prodding him, but but yeah, they go out of their way in scenes like that not to show any violence. And then later they show gremlins. They get really gory out of nowhere in a in a, like a campy playful, way, playful way. <laughs> yeah, in a playful way. But I could see parents being kind of like, "Oh shit, didn't see that coming." And I'm sure you already knew this, but it's supposed to be a lot darker of a film. Yeah, let's go into some of the the changes. Did you did you come across the original one of the key original scenes that was cut? There are a couple that are pretty <laughs> pretty brutal, which. We'll talk about this later, but um, so some of the scenes were <laughs> so Billy's dog was supposed to be murdered by the gremlins. They're supposed to be eating him in one scene, which would have been Yikes. terrible. Damn. Yeah, then, that would have turned off audiences. Yeah. Then another scene was so his mom at one point goes up the stairs to check on the gremlins, see if they've hatched or whatever, and the gremlins decapitate her and then throw her head down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Which that does yeah. not happen in the movie. She does not die. She survives. She gets some scratches, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another scene. This, is, this one's been, the best. Which would have been great. Um, it contains a scene where the gremlins um, attacked a McDonald's and you, I guess they would probably like peer in and instead of like eating the burgers and stuff, they were eating the customers. Yeah, even a kid. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No mercy. Just there everyone. Is. And then playing the play pe- place. I mean, probably so. with like body parts. So, could have been a much darker film. Um, Kate but. would would have come across a McDonald's full of partially devoured people, including yeah. many empty baby strollers, and a gremlin so bloated from its feast that it had to be left behind by its, its fellows. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oof. Yeah, I think one that would have been an interesting like well i guess they could have filmed that on the the same set as the rest of the stuff so they could have replicated a mcdonald's Mm -hmm. it just it's it would have been a good commentary if they could have used mcdonald's on the gremlins being kind of having some of the worst qualities of americans gluttonous in the in one of the shots in the opening did they Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the gremlins are like gluttonous frivolous they gamble, they drink, they smoke, they have all the vices of humans, but none of like the societal <laughs> niceties or the facade mm-hmm. that that the people put up. So the McDonald's thing would have really hammered that home, and it would have hammered home how <laughs> it just would have. What, what do you think about the general tone? of the movie being like straight up horror versus what it is, what it is now. Like, well, I like the way that I would like the route they went. Yeah. But if they were to redo it, horror would be great. Yeah. I think obviously watching it as a kid, either would have never been able to watch it or mm-hmm. I wouldn't have <laughs> would have been even more terrified. Wouldn't have liked it. It, there's no way it would have been a hit. Um, so we wouldn't be watching it today. Most likely. Um, or, you know, who knows it might have been like the next big horror franchise but Mm -hmm. doubtful so i think returns (laughs) i i think when they realized like the tone of gizmo and then the tone of the like the visual what they could do with the the puppets and the the Mm -hmm. creature effects they realized they had to lean a little into the campy side of things versus they were they were never going to be able to pull off the scale uh on a in a serious way well, and I think, well, and originally they were going to have Gizmo transform into Stripe and there yep. wouldn't have been Gizmo. So if that had happened, then I think a horror movie would have been more realistic. But since Gizmo is still present and he's so adorable, it's kind of like, it's hard to make it a super horror movie. 
Yeah, that was, I think that was a Spielberg uh, ch- change or note because mm-hmm. originally, I guess around the time when the, the Gremlins turn, that would have been the end of Gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he would have turned and there would have been no, then we would have just had to follow uh, Billy. We would have had to be invested in the human characters and that would have been a big mistake mm-hmm. versus falling in love with uh, the adorable Gizmo and, and wanting we're really rooting for Gizmo. We're not rooting for Billy. I mean, right. Not at all. Well, we're not Billy, rooting for anyone else in the town. No. <laughs> and you know who, um, what actors originally were, could have played Billy? No. So your favorite, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> so would he have been better? No. Who knows? Probably not. Well, yes, he would have been better. I don't know. I mean, mm. he might've tried to steal the show from Gizmo. Well, it was between, it was Emilio Estevez and Judd Nelson. So oh, yeah, that's they were just going to get the whole breakfast club cast. Yep. <laughs> well, true. Have you explained the the age of Billy yet? No, they must have or like changed. The, the, the age of that they were trying to portray Billy as in the mm-hmm. original script. Yeah. So it must have been one of the earliest scripts because by the time they got to casting, they were clearly going to cast an older person. But the reason Billy has a best friend who's um, like 10 years old. <laughs> is because he was supposed to be a kid himself. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was supposed to be a little older, like an early teen, but he wasn't supposed to be, you know, whatever whatever nondescript age uh, Billy is, like 20. <laughs> and well, I guess, is he still in school or does he just go to the school to take the gremlin there? I feel like he's, I mean, it says that he's 18, so he could be still in school okay. as a senior. So. Yeah, so anyway, he's he's... 18 year old in the movie but it would have made a lot more sense for like a a 13 year old to (laughs) to be friends with Corey feldman versus Mm -hmm. versus him so and Corey feldman oh go ahead sorry no i was gonna say yeah a lot of uh improvisations with the script and different permutations Mm -hmm. and the um well just completely random but the sounds that gizmo makes you don't hear there's none of them in the actual movie they do it afterwards so they were just acting without any like little gizmo sounds throughout the right. movie. Just kind of interesting. It'd be nice to like hear his cute little voice the whole time. But um, Corey Feldman in real life went to school and he brought a piece of a mogwai fur to like show his like fellow classmates to be like, I'm so cool. Um, and uh-huh. they all made fun of him because they didn't know what that was. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell is mogwai fur? And they would like throw things at him. Wow. Harsh. He was just trying I mean, to be cool. Who, who would have thought kids could be uh, jerks? Yeah, weird. This is was that is that some of the fur that he attaches to his head in Friday the thirteenth final chapter? No, maybe for his no. fake hair. Yeah, his shaved head fake fur. So weird. Oh man, another another Corey Feldman sighting. I think I, I know this. These all these movies came out, but this might have been one of the first things he was cast in, uh, or this might have been more of a breakout role than Friday the Thirteenth Part Four somehow. Um, but I mean, even though he's not in it for m- much of it. Yeah. He's, and I remember him being in it a lot more for some reason, but I feel like he had like three minutes of screen time. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. Cause I remember him being throughout the movie, but he was not. What other, um, what other pieces of trivia did you come across? Sure. So any guesses on how much it costs to make a little animatronic gremlin? Sure. $10,000. Any guesses, Derek? <laughs> 135k okay well 
very opposite. <laughs> I, I usually go wild. That's way too much. That's way too much. Um, okay. But each gremlin costs between 30 and 40 grand. Mm. So that okay. was a good portion. So a good portion of their budget went to the grim- like gremlin creation. Yeah. I wonder how many they had to build because... I tried to find that out and I couldn't because I was curious. Because a lot of them are puppets. Yeah. Like in the movie theater scene, obviously those aren't all um, gremlins. And then like when they're running through the, the town, they're using other kind of uh, special effects to make it look like a, a, a big horde of them. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were, the gizmo puppets were really frustrating to work on because they always broke all the time because they're so tiny. Mm-hmm. And so the crew created a list of like how they would torture or how they do horrible things to gizmo list. And one of them was like the throwing the darts at him. And that ended up in the movie, which was so sad. Oh, because Ooh. they, yeah, that's so funny that the crew hated these things because mm-hmm. they had to like deal with them. But it's just they didn't. They probably didn't. Couldn't even tell how much of a like <laughs> how awesome it was going to turn out. They probably were very skeptical that mm-hmm. anything they were doing was going to be like seen by anyone or go over well with any with anyone. So. That would yeah. have been really discouraging. It's yeah, even the main special effects guy was just like very he had little very little confidence in his work and he quoted saying, he doesn't look real. I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean obviously he was wrong and it looks great, but he was just like not confident at all in the creation, which is kind of sad. He would go on to do the special effects on the fly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Which He's... I've never seen, but well, they're yeah, they're incredible. And it's just it's an it's an example of if you've ever been on a movie set and i've been on like three um <laughs> then friday night lights then none of them were none of them were like using a lot of effects or or anything but movie sets just aren't like aren't that exciting and they don't in the scene that is going to end up looking awesome in a movie looks super fake super uh lame in person Uh, i'm sure there's i'm sure if you do it enough you can tell like the difference between what's going to work and what's not to some Mm -hmm. extent but if it's your first time you're just kind of like you might be awed by the movie the the whole production and the movie stars or something but you're not going to really be blown away by the like acting and the the performance like in the context of it, it needs to be in the context of the of the finished product right I have a fun fact for you. Okay. <laughs> so Chris Columbus, who's the writer of Gremlins, Goonies, et cetera, lots of mm-hmm. other things, was also the producer and executive producer for a couple, I'll say, how many, three out of like eight of these movies that you really, really talk about all the time and do not like. Mm. That's, that isn't, mm. okay. Wait, three out of eight movies that I talk about a lot not liking. It's like a se- like eight part, eight part Harry series. Potter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he is responsible for like one of the most beloved Harry Potter versions, right? Or uh, installments. Yeah. But he did uh, Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. Chamber of Secrets, Sorcerer's Stone. And then yeah. the director of this movie, Joe Dante, it was almost Tim Burton which would have been crazy if that had happened. Yeah. Um, but he had yet to do a feature film. So Steven Spielberg was like, no, we're going to give someone else who's already done like the Howling and a few other movies. Right. Piranha. Mm-hmm. Joe Dante had made it. Piranha. Yeah. Chris, Chris Columbus, I read a long interview with him in Fangoria. He like started off trying to write really dark stuff. 
and obviously he tried to write this way darker and then eventually ended up transitioning kind of just because of commercial not because he wanted to make a ton of money just because those are the jobs that he could get i guess into more family-friendly commercial type work uh, after this so still holding out hope that he goes like full horror yeah me too should we move on to tropes sure so one of the tropes is and Derek kind of pointed this out during the viewing and your little dog too wait is that how you say her voice and your little dog yeah and your little dog too yeah <laughs> that would be if you want to establish someone as a horrible villain you make them hate dogs yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> or if you want to establish that your movie will be a failure and and uh never seen by anyone you kill off the dog mm-hmm. <laughs> so they they didn't do that but they kept alluding to killing the dog like she was she would flat out say i will torture your dog yeah. to death multiple uh, times yeah mm-hmm. so it would have if that had actually happened i guess the only reason it would have happened is so that it would have been blamed on her instead of the gremlins but they already they accomplished that with the 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 scene where the gremlins somehow string the dog up yep. <laughs> with christmas lights so there's one other uh we covered some of the other tropes just in how dark the movie was but there's a, a fun one called horror doesn't settle for a simple Tuesday. And <laughs> that's referring <laughs> to the idea that if there's a holiday, there's going to, if you're going to set a horror movie, you might as well just set it on a holiday, like April fool's day, the, the horror movie graduation day, the horror movie, um, silent night, deadly night. There's a bunch of Christmas ones, black Christmas, thanks killing. Is a, oh, the best. is a favorite yeah so it's it's just an extra little gimmick to get more people to watch your horror movie i guess so i support that one and then oh we mentioned this earlier but shout outs is a trope when they mentioned the name of the movie throughout Too the many movie times. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> nailed that one i think with that behind us i think it's time to move on to our favorite segment Frank the blank. All right. So this week on Rank the Blank, we are going to do best Christmas gift from a movie. So before we get into the really good Christmas gifts from movies, Derek, why don't you give us an example of a bad Christmas gift? Don't you want to open your present? If it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) Open it. Okay. What is it? It's a gun rack. A gun rack? (laughs) A gun rack. Yeah, right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do? So, yeah, that's <laughs> the gun rack gift from Wayne's World. We've got Gizmo from Gremlins, obviously. I wrote down that that's better than a puppy. Mm-hmm. Oh, quick, quick tangent here. So <laughs> the dad was looking for the perfect gifts for his son, and he was in Chinatown 
night before Christmas. Obviously, he wouldn't give his son any of his stupid inventions. They, the whole family <laughs> was, was sick of that. Mm-hmm. And so even though the son already has a dog that he loves, so he has a perfect pet, he gets, he gets him another pet. Yeah, that's pretty. And then he gets excited because Billy thinks it's a puppy. I was like, you have right. a great dog. You're kind of a dick. Yeah, it's just weird that his dad would get him another another pet. Um, and so. then Gizmo and his crew causes the dog to have to go away for the weekend. Worst yeah, thing. exactly. It's I, I think the puppy and Gizmo can coexist, but it's a little bit of a... He's creating a little bit of a, of a rivalry there. So... Mm-hmm. Next up, we got the Red Rider BB gun from A Christmas Story. That's probably the most iconic movie gift. We have a good guy's doll, Chucky, from Child's Play, Derek's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) This one, everyone might remember, it's a little thing called a talk boy from Home Alone 2. Now you can be as clever as Kevin with Tiger's new Talkboy tape recorders. Stop drooling on me. Stop drooling on me. It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. <laughs> Boy, kids. Hi, kids. We're home early. <laughs> Tiger's new Talkboy tape recorder really comes with audio cassette. Um, Turbo Man from Jingle All the Way, the hottest fake action figure invented for a movie to kind of show how obsessive people get about christmas gifts and then and then i wrote down a couple abstract ones um love from love actually oh you know mm, the gift of love sweet. <laughs> and on an uh, opposite note revenge from silent night deadly night better uh, yeah <laughs> um, a murdering spree for christmas then i figured you know why limit it to movies uh, that we could throw in a couple things a couple gifts that we got as child so Ashley what was the the Christmas gift that stuck out to you so I remember getting a Sega Game Gear so this came out after the Game Boy and I had all these incredible games especially like Sonic and I loved it so much and I placed it in a brown bag I don't think you remember this but I placed (laughs) it in a brown bag oh yeah my games and everything right by the trash and my dad (laughs) took it out and threw away all my games (laughs) in my Sega Game Gear and I remember even driving to like the dump to like look for it. Like, oh man! All these like things of trash because that my dad or our dad felt so poorly about it. We never found it, but it was just like a ton of games and like my cartridges and everything. There's so. a there's a um, a happy ending though. Oh, is there? Yeah, I still had mine. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I was say something selfish, huh? <laughs> yeah. We we both um we were at that age where it was probably my fault where if like one of us got something or as a big Christmas present, the other one had to get a, the similar, a similar thing. We, mm-hmm. we definitely got different games. So it was pretty, it worked out pretty well in this case because we could swap games um, while you still had them. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when we would go on road trips and stuff, we could both play our game gears in, in the backseat. It was, we had these giant like cases to hold the game gear and mm-hmm. the, it didn't get thrown out right away. You had it for a while. Yeah, but I just remember getting thrown out and maybe yeah. just being really upset about it. Yeah, well, all <laughs> things that end well are no. All, all things What's that, that end saying? poorly are poor. So, <laughs> I I got some 
I got. I remember getting a bike one year, a mongoose. Um, I remember getting a really cool stereo system one year. But yeah, is that the boombox that you gave to me when it was broken and didn't have a CD player that worked? It, again, <laughs> once another sign of my trash is treasure. <laughs> my char- charity. I mean, when you lost your Game Gear, I allowed you to play mine thirty minutes a day. Probably when maybe. I wasn't using it. When you weren't using it, yeah. <laughs> and as long as you recharge the batteries worth it <laughs> yeah so the christmas present that uh this was kind of a year-round present that i that i would get <laughs> so i why limit it to just christmas but i had every single he-man figurine i had the accessories i had the castle grayskull i had some kind of giant like spider creature that mm-hmm. that each leg like independently moved and it, it crawled across the floor and was like um three times the size of, of, of the He-Man figures. It was, it was awesome. Um, Derek, you got a little, a little clip for us. He-Man, He-Man. <laughs> Who's the big guy with the muscles? Here's He-Man, the most powerful man ridiculous. in the universe. <laughs> Skeletor is his enemy. He-Man, He-Man. Oh. If He-Man, Skeletor, and Castle Grayskull, you have to put the castle together. You're doomed, He-Man. Oh, yeah? Watch this action, Dad. Now I have the power. He-Man and Skeletor each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. Look at those yeah. muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Where are those muscles? <laughs> um, yeah, He-Man. I still have a, a, a He-Man lunchbox filled with He-Man action figures so that's our list ashley what do you want to nominate as best christmas gift from a movie or your life um that you still have today gizmo i have to <laughs> why would you not want him well i can give you like i mean i know why you wouldn't yeah. <laughs> just like a couple of reasons no gizmo he's adorable i would, I would take care of him <laughs> you there's just no way i mean please if you know i mean you know the responsibility and as a new homeowner congrats thank you um you would you would risk everything for the cuteness of gizmo and bring that into your new home yes i want a puppy and so i'm gonna get a gizmo okay well put my foot down wish you the best just Thank keep you. it in a, a, a crate. It never, it never rains in Denver, right? Yeah, so we're good. And you don't have any leaks in your new house? Nope. Perfect. Yeah, you should be All fine. All set. Yeah. You don't drool at night? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it takes enough. one drop. <laughs> <laughs> you don't spit. Anyway, so Derek, let's, let's look at the, the more guy-centric ones. You obviously have been dying your whole life for Chucky, your own real life version of the good guy doll. <laughs> yeah, that's real funny. Terrifying. I uh, I was in a hot topic when I was a teenager, and my friend pushed me into the Chucky doll section, and I ended up like somehow pulling him into it and chucking him into the Chucky dolls. Ooh. Ooh, and chuck, the entire chuck. shelf just broke because I'm oh my so, God. I, I was so petrified of it. Oh, and then you, you got, it was just one doll that it was a whole shelf of dolls that fell on you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, on, on my friend. 
Oh, right. My dog. Uh, he pushed me into it and then I somehow flipped it around to where he did. He, he was the one who was in the, in the shelves. Like I was deathly afraid. I thought I was going to get killed by Chucky for three years when I was a little kid in my yeah. nightmares. Well, it's never too late. What about the uh, BB gun? Oh, Red Rider? Yeah. Ooh. Did you want a BB gun when you were a kid? I don't feel like I had a slingshot. I don't know if I ever wanted a BB gun. I had, I had a paintball a, gun. You had a paintball gun when you were older. See, I used to slingshot once and hit like a crow's wing and then I cried and felt really bad. Aww. So the BB gun was not my thing, but I have one now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't attack any living thing, that's for sure. Right. So, uh, so, so no, no, I, I didn't want a BB gun. It was cool though. Yeah. The kid in the movie sure had his heart set on it. Mm-hmm. And then the talk boy, I don't know. I guess I wasn't that into Home Alone 2. I know I watched Home Alone 1 a ton. And watching that commercial made it come flooding back. But I don't remember wanting the talk boy. But it's, mm-hmm. it's super cool. It's got this like pop-out microphone. Um, Slow-mo feature. Yeah. <laughs> P I Z Z Z A. Hmm. Well, I am going to go with man. It's either Ashley's Game Gear. <laughs> okay. Um, Typical taking my stuff. Let's see. Or so my Game had, Gear. He had, he had two Game Gears. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one who stole your. Yeah, other. it actually was. It, it wasn't put it stolen. Out of the trash. <laughs> yeah, I have a confession. Um, no, I didn't put it in the trash. I just kept them kept both it. for myself. In case I, I mean, in case mine got damaged or something, I mm-hmm. get pretty mad when games didn't go my way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we'll go figure. Okay. I just don't. I mean, I know I made this list, so I should be able to pick something from it. I want Gizmo, but I think that that's irresponsible of you. Um, okay. I'm gonna go with the Talk Boy because I do a lot of uh, voice talking. Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of chatting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, we could be recording <laughs> this podcast to on Talk Boys. <laughs> That'd be cool, right? We send the tapes to Derek. Um, yeah, that takes forever. He re-records them on a digital platform. That's what we're doing. Down. This episode's taken three months for yeah. UPI, United States Postal Service to get us the tapes. We're really committed to the Talk Boy. So, yeah, I'm going Talk Boy. Ashley's going gizmo. Let us know how that works out. Well done. Um, next time we visit a mall with Derek, we're going to take him to a hot topic Push and uh, re- yeah, recreate that. Um, so let's, let's move on to our awards. Ashley, please, 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 please tell me this movie won in Best Picture Oscar. It did not. Oh, okay. But Sorry. it did win some awards. Um, so it won for Young Artist Awards. It, it was a winner for Best Family Motion Picture Adventure. Ooh. Which is Young Artist nice. Award. Yeah, I don't even know, but <laughs> that. And then it won a lot of um, Saturn Awards for Best Horror Film, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director, Best Music, and Best Special Effects. It seems like the Saturn Award, we might as well just rename this category to the Saturn Awards because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are are recognizing the cool things about these movies that that we're watching so do you know yeah. if they're, they're still around i believe they are yeah i need to start like rather than focusing on the academy awards i want to look back over the last few years and see 
see the movies that got recognized by the Saturn Awards. I bet there's a mm-hmm. lot more overlap with my tastes than yeah. than uh, the Academy stuff. What about an Ashley Award? Ashley Award, cutest hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did we did we talk about the fact that Billy was um, the actor? Uh, what's his name? Something uh, Zach Galligan. Yeah. Or so. He was under the impression that he was the hero of the story, um, like the, the, the dunce that he is. Yeah. And uh, I guess we don't know anything about this person in real life. Uh, so no hard feelings to Zach Galligan. But the Billy character um, was a bit aloof. And he thought that, but Zach <laughs> in real life thought that he was going to be portrayed as the hero. And then when they kind of... Um, I don't know whether it was in the script like this or they just sort of uh, changed the the final scene to have Gizmo be the one to kill Spike. He was apparently pretty perturbed by the fact that that uh, he wasn't the main. He wasn't didn't get to be the hero, which sounds so petty. But I mean, well, and you also lose to like an animatronic like creature. It's kind of like, oh, it's better than me. <laughs> he gets beat up. I mean, it's funny. Like we were the people that we talked to at the theater afterwards, like everyone hated Billy. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, I, I feel like that's a little harsh because he mostly tried to do well the whole time. And he was like clearly supposed to be sort of a sympathetic character. The, the, he was, he was an artist. He was presumably good at drawing and, and, and comics and, he treated everyone in town with dignity and, and respect. And so, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate that he didn't really have the charisma to be likable. Yeah. And I think I read um, somewhere that he was also, he also thought it might've been a rom-com and not like a horror-esque yeah. movie. So he well, was just pretty clueless. Yeah. It sounds like it. He must I mean, not the, have read the script. <laughs> I mean, there really was no, of interest uh, situation there at all, right? Yeah. No, he asked her out on a date. The whole... Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Okay. They set that up like a big deal. Like he's going to... He has to work up to asking her out. And she agrees. And then they kiss. Um, they kiss in the store at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess no one pr- could have predicted how much... Because it wasn't even intended for Gizmo to be in the whole the whole movie like no one could have predicted that gizmo was going to just completely steal the movie Um, no but once it happened everybody was probably happy about it except for (laughs) except Except for billy Billy. yeah so that's kind of that's kind of lame on on his part let's do how 80s is this 1984 release so we got wardrobe we got sound we got lighting uh, we got the set from Back to the Future prominently featured, mm-hmm. uh, Screams 80s, just that Warner Brothers lot. Uh, where do you want to start, Ashley? Um, I'm going to say, for me, mid-80s, only because I think the soundtrack was really good, but not necessarily any like, prominent 80s songs. Yeah, the uh, the ward- Yeah, the original score. The wardrobe had some like 80s sweaters, but like, yeah. <laughs> nothing too like outrageous um, 80s-wise. And then, but they did have some of those like sound effects that you love so much. <laughs> yeah. When uh, Stripe hits his head, it, there's like bird cuckoo the noises. Bird. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, amazing. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know. It's this is one of those where it's like the most the move one of the movies I remember the most from the eighties, but that doesn't really that's not really what the category is is about. Um some of the lighting, like the the pool scene that I described earlier, where uh, Stripe jumps into the pool and there's just all this fog and there's a green and there's a lot of like green and green lights behind fog. I'd say the lighting's pretty 80s. The set mm-hmm. is very 80s. Um, and then maybe just kind of the the plot and the hijinks. I mean, it just feels like a movie of of, of that time. Right. There's not but, like a ton of substance to it. But it's uh, awesome. but just super, the superficial stuff like the score mm-hmm. and the wardrobes. Yeah, maybe maybe not so much. The movie's sort of a throwback to like they watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves at the theater. Mm-hmm. The movie's kind of like making fun of old Hollywood tropes sometimes when they're in the in the bar scene. There's the the like jazz music playing and the old timey gremlin in the back booth. Derek's favorite. <laughs> um, there's just yeah, I think it's just kind of like jumping all over the place with that stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess the and the other big eighties thing is the use of the animatronic creatures. Yep. So building all those by hand, pulling all that off. I'm gonna give it a higher score just because like these would be all CGI creatures if it was present day and it would mm-hmm. just I I do not want to see a we'll get to it maybe in the next category <laughs> but I I don't need to see a, a CGI gizmo no not um, at all so or like gizmo played by Andy Serkis um with motion capture <laughs> <laughs> effects the thing they never show gizmo's mouth on purpose because they must not have been able to get his mouth to move in a believable way with the singing or the they show mm-hmm. its mouth but they don't show it when sounds coming out usually yeah so, um but i don't need to see gizmo's lips moving no too much when he sings <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna go high i'm gonna go high on the high medium high on the 80 scale you're gonna go right down the middle yeah i'll go down the middle what do you think Derek? uh the monsters and practical effects from ghostbusters reminded me a lot of this film so hmm. 80s as well as far as production behind the scenes kind of uh you know practical effects so that's what i'm going to base it off of and oh also uh barbie's 80s car oh yeah yeah i forgot about that the sets because it's such because it takes place all on a soundstage basically um not a soundstage a outdoor backlot set one block at universal studios san diego yeah yeah (laughs) it feels you don't see like it's just not expansive you don't see like a world and buildings and stuff from the that are they're they're intentionally nondescript because they were trying to use them over and over in a bunch of different movies so they're Mm -hmm. they're they were from the 80s because that's when the the set was built but they're not trying to they're not like iconic it's not a new york setting like ghostbusters so uh, it's just kind of like everywhereville yeah, Pleasantville. Yep. What about, do you want to recommend a rewatch, a remake, a sequel, a spinoff, a video game, an action figure, a real life gizmo that you can take home real from your life pet gizmo. store? <laughs> Destroy the world. Yeah. Uh, definitely a rewatch, yeah. obviously. 
And I was watching it with my friend Molly and she loved it. She was watching it for the first time. So Right, we all were. So it oh, okay. At the theater. Okay. Yeah. So it holds up very well anyway. Um, so definitely recommend a rewatch. Um, remake only if it's a horror movie. Mm, like, yeah. like go through with all those scenes of like eating babies and whatever they want. Yeah. Super horror. Um, sequel they've done. I actually like Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. So when's the last time you saw that? It's been like ten years. Yeah. So maybe I did. You have you watched it recently? No, I I remember it somewhat well, and it's just the tone is completely bonkers it's it's much more of a broad comedy there's way more singing it's it takes place in like the trump towers or something it's like um just is it a this, musical or like they it's there's so many big musical numbers it's practically mm-hmm. a musical um more so uh, than streets of fire so yeah apparently <laughs> the director was just like oh you really want to do this well let's just see how crazy we can get (laughs) and it did not go over well there um spinoff no i mean you don't have to pick them all but you would want do you you want to see a remake of this uh just if it's a completely a horror movie Yeah. yeah yeah so the dark i was thinking that like krampus is sort of a giant gremlin that's true but there's no gizmo aspect so yeah yeah that would be fun like stranger things meets gremlins oh yeah that would feel more 80s too so yeah stranger things season three set in 1984 yeah um what about you what do you what do you think um well spinoff there could be like the adventures of gizmo and mushroom uh, yeah, gizmo uh, and mushroom. Dog. Yeah, sure. Why not bring <laughs> mushroom? He can ride mushroom around like the uh, the dog from Never Ending Story, or like in the labyrinth that also happens. Oh yeah, it's a big <laughs> gizmo's in both of those movies. Wow, who knew? <laughs> um, I don't know. I if there could be Gremlins three, and so that would still fall under the the sequel category. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I I would have thought that I definitely didn't want to see a remake or any kind of uh, new version of this, but if they would have an excuse to make a modern day movie without using CGI and mm-hmm. create like an animatronic gizmo that you could theoretically do for less money um, if you just yeah. had the time and, and took that approach that would be interesting to see, but, but yeah, it would have to be a whole different tone. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe they just go back to that original script. Maybe we just see like gremlins, uh, the original and it would be too close to the, I would want to see that just as an experiment. It would be too close to the current one, but you know, recast Billy as a kid, have the mom's decapitated head (laughs) roll down the stairs, got the dog, um and then eat as many babies as you can possibly stomach (laughs) in every scene yeah just or maybe we just need those scenes we'll call it gremlins h2o yeah Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) when we first started the film and we have our text thread i was just thinking john carpenter could do a really good remake Mm. Mm. so uh gremlins h2o 
coincides with that very well. (laughs) Just have a really awesome soundtrack. And yeah. How about a mashup where it's Gremlins versus Jason? Mm, That was interesting. Corey Feldman has uh, gizmo hair all over. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, Corey Feldman can can, uh, reprise his role all grown up. I would say the Gremlins kind of resemble the Gremlins versus Freddy might be interesting. <laughs> They'd probably work together. Yeah. The Grem- Gremlins versus Airbud. Ooh. <laughs> With Barney, Barney versus Bud. Mushroom. Barney yeah. versus Bud. <laughs> Barney slash mushroom versus Bud. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, all of us, all of us recommend a rewatch and they've been trying to remake or make a sequel to this forever. It's probably not going to happen. So they are making that HBO max animated show that I mentioned earlier. I'll, you know, if I can ever get HBO max to work, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) I'll watch it. I'll check it out. Cartoon version. Totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. I guess it's time to find out what we're going to watch next week. We have an inspirational story about a boy learning to wax cars and kick ass wax ass and kick cars yeah, or that <laughs> next tuesday the boy who had to become a man the man who had to create a miracle the movie that became a legend ralph macchio is the karate kid Ooh, abrupt ending Ooh. the karate kid another <laughs> iconic movie um we are going to fight over who gets to be Mr. Miyagi or who gets to be Daniel son or who gets to be the bonsai, the bonsai tree. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> <fair. laughs> that should be fun. Are y'all uh, excited for karate kid? Uh, I wish it was three ninjas, but I'm excited. Yep. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's a good one. Actually. That'll be nineties. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I can wait. I can wait. <laughs> I'm excited for karate kid. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a long time either. As we've previously mentioned, we watch movies like once and then don't watch them again for 20 years. I don't, so. I don't think it's been that long for me, but oh. I'll see how much I, how much I remember. I mean, this is going to be, uh, it just follows like such a familiar sports movie arc. It'll be really satisfying to see like, you know, training montage, <laughs> building up to the big fight tournament and just mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Plus like with kids versus with like, uh, John Claude Van Damme or something. So, oh yeah, or versus like a Rocky movie. So, I think that's it's basically Rocky as a kid. So, I'm excited. That's the tagline. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that Halloween falls on one of the days within the film. Ooh, it does. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all dressed up as skeletons. Yeah. Uh-huh. There we go. So we got Christmas and then Halloween, and they're in high school. So Drew. Check, check, check. Not just a Tuesday. No, not just next Tuesday on uh, CBS. (laughs) If you want to hear that discussion next week, subscribe to this podcast by searching New Release 1984 on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Guys, that's a wrap. Light bright, light bright. (laughs) Until next time we time travel. Oh. Just kidding. Episode.